Hello, everyone, and welcome to Family Game Night, your bi-weekly podcast for all things board and card game. I am Jordan Roman, and I shall be your host this evening. Today, I have some special guests on today, some people I like to think of as some friends from the tabletop roleplay game community. They are part of one of my personal favorite podcasts, and I would like you all to meet them now. Uh, Shar and Kelly, why don't you all say hello? Hello! Hello! So thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm Charlene Bear. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm the DM of Tabletop Titties, but it's nice to branch out and not just do Dungeons & Dragons, playing some Ooh. board games today. What is that? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I have all my dice. I'm so ready. Uh, also, my name is Kelly. My pronouns are they, them. I am now a player on Tabletop Titties, and I'm going to be a storyteller on Vampire the Masquerade, Titties by Night. Is that on a separate podcast channel, by the way? Because I do fully plan on checking that one out. It'll be the same. Oh, okay, so cool. easy goes, yeah. yeah. It'll just be a different album art that shows up on your feed once in a while. Yeah, and it's a different season, so they'll still be stuck together. That's true. Good to know I can be lazy with checking that one out. But we're not talking about <laughs> tabletop role-playing games, despite how you know much a part of that community all three of us are. Uh, what <laughs> game have you guys brought for me today? Fog of Love. Because oh. <laughs> all is fair in fog and love. <laughs> Indeed. I think, I think Sun Tzu said that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the one-liner description of it is that it's a collaborative romantic comedy builder, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting, though, that in this uh, three-man party, you did decide to bring a two-player game, so I guess I'll just... <laughs> supply snacks while you guys have fun that'll be great (laughs) (laughs) it is i've we haven't played it as teams but i've had friends talk about playing it as teams uh we can get into that later like a double date scenario yeah Yeah. it would actually be cool like each each couple plays a different uh side of the board that would be pretty cool yeah that would definitely be interesting uh so it seems like you guys definitely have played a lot so let me just ask real quick why this game? Like, what what was it about this game that you guys really wanted to talk about more than any other game? I'll let Kelly answer <laughs> that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we watched it on, like, Polygon, uh, did a review of it, and the uh, pandemic just happened. So Shar and I were starting to get, like, a little date, like, sad that we couldn't go on dates a lot. And it just seemed like this board game kind of facilitates imagining going on dates which sounds just as sad but uh it <laughs> but was... it's not it's really good <laughs> yeah it was really nice to be able to like um it does sound kind of cheesy but re-fall in love through this board game uh since there is a lot of like first meeting and like having having date nights and you know discussing relationshipy things in this board game um so I don't know. There was just something special about it. And when you were like, hey, what board game do you want to talk about? And we were like, oh, let's do this very personal one to us that will have a lot of <laughs> sappy stories associated with it. Plus, we I think it's the one that we've played the most since the Panini. I mean, uh, I think it's the board. Even <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it the first time, so I thought you forgot. <laughs> I was, I was trying to do it for the show. <laughs> Kelly's no, trying to be it. professional and Charles like, nah, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, even aside from that, I think it's the board game we've played 
the most like repeatedly of any board game. And that's also like it has I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but it has so much replay value, especially as you get the different expansion packs that can go with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we played the game of life like three times at the beginning of the Panini and then we were like, we need Something else. Something else. Something else that feels like we're living a new life. <laughs> well, you mean you don't like spinning the wheel? I'm, you know what? I shouldn't throw shade on that game. I may end up covering it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's still one of my favorite, like, classic, if you can put that in air quotes for me on this audio medium, uh, board games for sure. I went to game design school, so I'm used to people um, just dunking on that game. <laughs> uh, I, I recently dunked on a very different game, but that was then. This is now. Uh, So I actually kind of wanted now to dip a little bit into the, albeit, very brief history on this game, (laughs) because unlike other games that I've covered so far, like Battleship and Monopoly, this one was made this century, so there's not quite as much to, (laughs) not, not quite as rich a vein, historically speaking, but there was still some interesting stuff that I found. Uh, It was actually created in 2017 by Jacob Jaskov. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I think so. And was published by Hush Hush Projects. It was really just a Kickstarter project, and as you two implied, it has multiple expansions now, including It Will Never Last, Paranormal Romance, and (laughs) Trouble with the In-Laws. How many of those expansions have you two played? I am curious. All of them. (laughs) All of them! (laughs) Okay, I I was not able to find a whole, whole lot on them. I assume it's pretty self-explanatory as far as what you are. The titles really hand it to you. But yeah, as I said earlier, it's you're creating a romantic comedy and the basic pack that you get with Fog of Love um, is the typical romance story mm-hmm. with the three acts of like, oh, they meet and everything is happy to, oh, will they not be together to, oh, thank <laughs> God, everything worked out. But adding in these expansions, um, like It Will Never Last is basically like hard mode. Paranormal romance involves ghosts. Mm-hmm. Very like the film Ghost, if you've seen that. <laughs> oh, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> I mean, and it does then, add a couple like supernatural cards as well, which is cool. Yeah. And then Trouble with the In-Laws, of course, the added drama of... Is the one based on real life. In-laws, yeah. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> I mean, they're all based on real life. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> My I, paranormal I, romance. <laughs> I, I remember my high school relationship with a werewolf. Yeah, don't we all? Um, it is kind of cool because each of them does just, uh, it has their, its own story, but it also adds cards to the game that you can play in every other story from then on out. Okay, so this is more like a general curiosity thing, and we'll get more into how the game itself works but this is just a thought that came to me and i don't want to lose it can you combine like the packs with the uh, main series game or is it you need to like pick which one you're going with like can you have it will never last and trouble with the in-laws in the same setup yes exactly so each pack like you it's good to play the base game on its own for a, a to just get your feet wet. But once you start adding the expansion packs, they can all stack one on top of the other. And in fact, what's really cool about the Paranormal Romance one is it tells you, you should play this when you have time to play two games in a row Mm -hmm. because it will greatly affect the second time that you play because of the new cards that are created, which is really cool. Yeah. There are like chapter cards. So there's usually like four or five 
uh, chapter cards that are associated with the story that you want to play itself that don't combine. But uh, yeah, everything else is um, is will go into the game. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about how the game plays a little bit later. Uh, right now, I actually kind of want to dip a little bit more into the uh, cultural aspect of it. Which, again, because it's not a newer, or rather because it is a newer game, I didn't think there would be that much. I was kind of <laughs> surprised, honestly. <laughs> a lot more going off of this than I realized. Uh, I mean, yeah, it has the, like, Kickstarter energy. And I always feel like when a game starts on Kickstarter, it's going to have a certain community around it uh, that really cares, uh, which greatly affects its culture, for sure. <laughs> that is a fair point I had not considered. <laughs> well, this game definitely has found its community as it has received multiple honors in the four years it has been out now, uh, including nomination for Best Two-Player Game and Most Innovative Game in 2017 in Dice Tower Gaming Awards, nominations for the Best Game from a Small Publisher, and again for Best Second Player Game in the Board Game Quest Awards, and a nomination from Golden Geek, as well as being a finalist in the 2018 International Gamers Awards. However, nice. one important cultural aspect that cannot be understated about this game is its open support and celebration of the LGBTQ relationships, having developed two entirely new covers to properly represent that part of the population, even though the original game itself was already quite inclusive. That part to me was honestly maybe the one thing that sold me on this game more than learning how to play or anything else. That it it did address that to an extent within the first one, but then because there was such a loud outcry from the people who liked the game that it didn't adequately support it, then rather than just doing what a lot of publishers would do and doubling down and saying, no, no, we are supportive of it, look at the stuff that we have done, they said, okay, we haven't done enough, <laughs> so here's some additional covers for it to show that we really mean what we say. And that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words for sure. I will say like the criticism of one criticism I have for this is like, it's very heteronormative in like the color scheme of the game. There's like yeah. the blues and the pinks uh, marking the players, but each color, like each player, you get a card um, and it is double-sided with a uh, masculine and feminine silhouette. And in general, the game doesn't actually use gender on the cards, which is really nice. But um, the LGBTQ aspect is super, super fun. I think we got we got two ladies on our cover. Yeah, we got the lady cover. Yeah. Um, my only con my only concern with it is that it is still very binary. Like there isn't. Uh, again, it doesn't say like she, her, or uh, he, him anywhere, but it is still like blatantly binary, yeah. and uh, there's no real option for like non-binary. But I guess I don't know. You can kind of play in the world where it's like, oh no, this silhouette is non-binary. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You just got a bob. Yeah. <laughs> just just view it as body shape, not composition, I guess, is the best way yeah, I can exactly. word that. Exactly. Agreed. So I think at this point we've kind of danced right long enough. Let's talk about how this game actually plays. And I will give the brief initial thing based on my outside understanding that largely came <laughs> from like an online tutorial video that was almost half an hour long <laughs> and most of it i was just sitting there confused wondering where it was going <laughs> this game has just a like real relationships <laughs> yeah came with a lot of setup and i <laughs> caught me very off guard 
But as we alluded to earlier, Fog of Love is a two-player optionally role-playing game where each player assumes the role of a person in a relationship with the other player. The ultimate goal is for each player to reach their Destiny card's satisfaction level by the finale. Now, I say optionally role-playing because in the instructional video it said you can just play the cards that are presented to you and that be it. But let's be real, we're all part of the TTRPG community. <laughs> we're all about that roleplay life. So for, I imagine, you two and me when I eventually get this game and play it as well, it will not be optional. Oh yeah, it's definitely, you get what you put into the game. And the roleplay, the storytelling, is by far what makes this the shining glory that it is, for sure. You could technically just play the cards, but where's the fun in be that? so dry. I can't imagine <laughs> playing that game where you're just like, all right, I played the date. We went on a date card and argued. What do you pick? Uh, all right, good. This Let's sounds go to the like next how card. people who play Yu-Gi-Oh would have a relationship, as spoken by someone who used to play Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not personally played the game before, and you two have told me that you have played it a lot. So I, I kind of want you guys to sort of break down more of like the specifics, because as I alluded to, it is a very setup heavy game, and I would not be able to do it justice trying to explain all the minute details of how this game works. Yeah, that's fair. What's super cool about it, I think it has the best tutorial in any board game that I have come across because the way that you learn how to play is not through a manual, although I, maybe there is a manual that you I don't could even use. know. We did, we've never used the manual. <laughs> because the tutorial is built in the cards of when you first set up the game. You learn by playing, and it interrupts you as you go to tell you the next set of rules that are going to become important as you play the first, like generic narrative of your date for the fog of love but um yeah it's do you want to talk about like character creation uh sure so uh character creation as we said you can play whatever silhouette you want um and you actually uh are given kind of like hidden personality traits that you that's like the only really secret part about this game is that you know your hidden personality traits and you can be like selfish or messy or whatever um, but then there are like exterior traits that your partner actually chooses for you. Um, and the way that they frame it is like when you first saw this person, what was the first thing you noticed about them? And it can be like they were very well dressed or they had nice hair or they were smelly or they looked, seemed like a stoner. Um, I think I picked bedroom eyes for Kelly's first character. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. And it kind of that's that's the element that sort of adds role playing to your character. Um, so you can be like, well, my character is sort of a stoner, so maybe I'll just talk really slow or they are smelly. So maybe a lot of the scenarios that we deal with, I'll talk about being smelly. <laughs> um, and then, uh, from there you sort of, uh, start, or you also get to pick what your profession is. Um, which and are very in the romance genre trope, like a wedding planner or a lawyer. You know, it's very, very fun in that way. Yeah, there's a lot of times we've realized that we're just playing out like a literal romantic comedy, <laughs> like Made in Manhattan or something like that. We we're somehow got the exact same uh, professions as those characters in that movie. Yeah. C correct me if I'm wrong, but was not in the tutorial video I saw, was not one of the cards criminal? Yeah, you could be a criminal. What rom-com rom <laughs> are you guys watching where criminals are part of it? Um, I'm sure, I'm, I am 100% positive that there is a romantic comedy where the main character is a criminal. <laughs> you know what, fair. Uh, 
the 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 amount of romantic comedies out there. Especially once you get into like TV movies. Yeah. Um, and obviously you uh, name your character and stuff. So uh, the actual like character creation is does have like also an element of play to it, uh, where you and your partner are kind of describing like when you first met and like introducing each other, and it's completely independent from uh, the actual like beginning of the game. It's just like a fun way that they describe making your character. Um, and uh, so like in the actual meat of the game, there are six like traits to your relationship, um, which I don't remember the name of off by heart, but it's like, yeah, it's like confidence, um, intellect. Wild. Yeah. It's basically like, are you, and they each have like, they're polar opposites and you're gaining points by your role playing actions and by the decisions you make as you play your cards, which side of the two binary of that character trait you're more likely to be. Yeah. And as you said, Jordan earlier, the goal of this game is to reach your destiny card by the finale. Like it's very like three act structure. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only way that you achieve your destiny well, it depends on what destiny card you have, but that like goes through throughout the game. It is affected by your choices. You have to try and get certain points uh, in certain traits to be able to fulfill your destiny of love. Yeah, because like you, um, as much as it is like a cooperative storytelling game, there is still an element of like independent success uh, where even with the um, the fulfillment cards, like or the destiny cards, you might not end up with the one that you want by the end of the game because parts of the game might say like, oh, you have to discard the like happy relationship destiny or the like independently wealthy destiny or something like that. <laughs> um, so there is like, uh, as much as you want to aim towards that one destiny, you might actually end up not um, having it because there are so many and there are, you know, relationships have speed bumps that jostle you. <laughs> Which is like extra cool because as you play with your partner or with the other player their decisions can also impact your own points and your own destiny cards so you can kind of screw each other over a bit by accident just by not knowing (laughs) what because of the element of secrecy in the game yeah we definitely um screwed up a lot early on (laughs) um and then the actual like step by step um like turn by turn of the game is uh you have like a deck a hand of uh scenes that you can play and you just take turns going back and forth playing scenes from your hand and each of them will have a decision that as a couple you have to make um, and you make that decision secretly by placing a uh, poker chip that has a letter associated with it. And you flip them at the same time. And depending on what your decisions were, it'll actually have a different outcome from the scene. Uh, so there's outcomes that are like, oh, we both made the right, the same decision together. So we get relationship points together. Or we made two separate decisions and now we have a child, um, you know. <laughs> That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that old story. That old chestnut. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that uh, sort of determines throughout the game uh, those traits that go up and down, and as well as your own personal happiness in the relationship based on how these scenes play out. Um, and when you, pl- like you said, you don't have to role play. You can technically just slap down a scene and make the decision. Uh, but the real fun of the game is before you play the card, you kind of have this 
like improv scene with each other. So the person that's going to play the card is like, hey, honey, I want to talk to you. There was a ghost in the attic. How do we deal with a ghost? And then you kind of play out the decision and then you put down the scene and then you put down your uh, decision tokens and it's like, oh, we exercise the ghost together. Good job. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, after uh, each sort of um, story has a set amount of chapters and once the chapters, once each chapter is like concluded, there's like a special bonus scene between uh, each chapter. And it's like, um, what are some good ones? Like, having the talk about having a baby or something or adopting a dog. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, so it's like you build up towards this chapter uh, break and then there's this big scene that happens and then you uh, continue on. And then, yeah, at the end of the game, you decide uh, what destiny is right for you. Yeah. And you see if you fulfilled them by com- looking at all your points on the board. And usually if you don't succeed the destiny, you break up. And usually when you do succeed the destiny, you stick together and you're a happy couple. I do want to say that, like, it's kind of seems overly complicated just speaking about it. But the way that the game teaches you how to play is so easy. The tutorial is so integrated in it. I don't I don't want to scare anybody off yeah. if you're <laughs> listening to this. I promise it's way easier than it sounds. Um, it's so, so fun. And it becomes like. Much like any board game, it becomes commonplace to just like know how to play the game once you've done it once, one or tw- once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know from the tutorial video that I saw, like like I said in the beginning, it looked so confusing. <laughs> I could not follow what on earth they were talking about. But then, like as they approached the point where all the setup was done and they finished playing all the rules, it kind of all came together in a way that all of a sudden it clicks. Like, oh, okay, I see where this is going now. I do have one question, actually, based on something that you guys were describing. Um, since you guys, you know, you'll roleplay out a scene before it happens, how, how much of the game is you guys working individually towards your own goals? And how much is it is you guys trying to, like, glean insight onto the other person as to their goals? Like, how, how much of it is solo play and how much of it is, like, co-op play? Because I assume there's an element of wanting the thing to succeed on both ends. Yeah. yeah, totally. I am. That's actually it brings up a good point about this game is a lot of two player games are sort of like competitive or like it drives from animosity of being the winner and being the loser. Whereas Fog of Love is very you like hit the nail on the head there, Jordan, with like how you're trying to work with the other person while still wanting to succeed on your own character's goals. I think I would always like have in mind what I think Kelly was going to be voting on and like what their character would want in the scene as well as my own so that Mm -hmm. we could have the ideal outcome. And that's part of the fun because then sometimes you guess wrong and then (laughs) it screws up in a really fun way. Yeah. Like we, it's a super easy to cheat game. Uh, if you know your uh, partner's personality traits, like the two of you can just work the system so much that it's easy to beat the game. But like, that's not Where's the fun, fun in that. Yeah. It's not a great game for people who only derive fun from winning. Um, and I think it is, it does come more. I think the fun, like I said before, is like the role playing. Like I've had characters just crash into the dirt <laughs> because I was playing the character. Like I, I had my desires on the back of my uh, little pedestal and I was like, okay, I'm going to 
play all these things. Wow, this relationship is going horribly. Oh my god, we broke up. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was still fun. Like we didn't feel like we wasted uh, two hours because we failed the game. It was just fun to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we we've only slightly cheated once. And that's when we got to the end of like a super important uh, game that dictated like the next game. And we were like, okay, if we just make this one decision right now, we can win. Um, and that was, that. Was, I swear, that's the only time we cheated. That was crucial for the paranormal one. It was very important <laughs> for the game. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you, you mentioned that one time. I'm curious, are there any like, standout games that you guys have played that like you find really like what, what are like some of your better experiences with playing this game it's not like you guys have a lot to pick from <laughs> <laughs> i think in general i don't have like a i mean the paranormal i want to say paranormal investigator because i'm so into like uh titties <laughs> by night but um the paranormal romance expansion is my favorite one yeah i really enjoyed that one but overall, I would say my experience kind of blend together in a nice way. Uh, we always like set on this Spotify playlist of like typical romantic comedy <laughs> songs from like all the like 2000s classics. Heck yeah. <laughs> and like we get like we get some wine, you know, we set up the board and then we just have such a fun time. So I think, um, yeah, I don't have like, a, oh, remember that game? It was so yeah. fun. It's more just like, I love playing this Fog of Love. There was a few like scenes that we did that I remember re- being really good. Um, I think we had a doctor and a lawyer couple that the relationship was starting to get stale. And on a walk home one night from a restaurant, there was like a, a college party going on or something. So we decided to just like crash the college party <laughs> yeah. and got like, got like super drunk and then... I don't know, something, I think that moment, like, the relationship turned around a bit, and we started, like, having more fun together. Um, <sighs> yeah, there's just, like, I, we had a daughter named Sky once, and she was, like, this hippie love child character, and those, I, I think our, our actual characters <laughs> were, like, uptight and strict yeah. but our child was like this hippie love child so i think she hung out with her aunt more often which but then actually that reminds me of i was saying i don't have any go-to experiences <laughs> but then with sky after that initial gameplay of being their parent we the next time one of us was playing as sky oh, yeah. we were like wouldn't that be cool uh, that was awesome we were just really big nerds Describing- i'm sorry you invited us here <laughs> I'm eating this up. Please keep going. I mean, describing like your experience with this game is literally like describing like your favorite session of D&D where you're like, oh, yeah. And then we found the gnolls and they had like captured all the villagers. So we decided to like sneak in and take the the villagers out. And then we had a romantic date night. (laughs) Then we crashed the party and got real drunk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just like I, I think coming out of it, you'll have so many just fun memories of this game. Or break up because there is a lot of like very, very raw and real decisions that you make as a couple in this game um, that I feel like any any couple that already has some uh, splinters might break a little bit from those questions. Um, but, uh, you know, it's all good fun for a couple that's strong. <laughs> in love. <laughs> 
Oh, that's um, it's an interesting note to end it on, but <laughs> yeah, Kelly oh, no, likes how to close... take a hard right turn. I didn't know how close to the end we were. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much right there, so thanks. it's so just... fun. The game's so fun, everyone. It's just a bunch. It's upbeat and it's great. And it's everywhere. totally just a game. You're not gonna break up. I swear. <laughs> but I, I guess this is an interesting thing to also say. I highly recommend Fog of Love to board game lovers out there, but it is entirely based on romantic comedies. So if you don't like romantic comedy genres, if you don't like role playing, that also would be like a downer or a detriment to the game if you didn't do that. Um, but otherwise, good to go. Go for it. <laughs> and you don't have to, it's also like fun to play with friends. Like we play it as a couple, obviously. But um, I th- would be very intrigued to have, like, two teams of two playing the two roles and seeing, like, how awful you could screw up a couple <laughs> by making it to the end or whatever. Like, there are so many different ways to play. Have you two thought about, like, getting two other people from the uh, Titties cast and doing a Twitch stream of this game as a double date? <laughs> that would be fun. It'd be hard to do because uh, one person would need to see the... Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. It is a card the board. Yeah, yeah, there's so many elements, which we didn't even talk about that. It's so it feels so nice to play. The quality of the board game is so great. Like the chips are really nice and thick. They have real wooden uh, like oh. point markers. It's all really great. Not, not just like cheap cardboard punch outs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like real wood that's painted. And it has like a little carrying case that you can put all of your little chips into. It's cute. And oh, wow. there's like so many cards because the especially once you get all the expansions, there are many traits for your characters or many like different scenes that can happen. But they feel like we've accidentally spilt on a few cards, but they have <laughs> like this nice coating to them um, that they're easily wipeable and um, like not hard to bend. It'll really last long. Also, I think, I just checked, I think Tabletop Simulator has Fog of Love, so it would be possible to play it <gasps> oh my remotely God. with somebody. <laughs> Note to for future episodes of this show, Tabletop <laughs> Simulator, that's a thing I didn't even think of. You could have actual episodes of playing, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, that'll go great, especially after the test I did of that with Monopoly. Ah, a four-hour Monopoly game. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually only two hours, but uh, we very quickly broke my no cursing rule <laughs> to the point where one of the people said, "I don't care about your show. I'm cursing. This is stupid." <laughs> he got Oof. very angry. I mean, it's Monopoly. Yeah, if you're no. not angry. You're not playing it right. If, <laughs> if you need more suggestions of board games that don't break up friendships, I've got some. <laughs> Well, uh, Kelly, thank you guys so, so much for coming on and talk about this game. I'm definitely interested in getting it now, and we'll try and get my wife to go along with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where, where can people find you guys? Oh, yeah. You can find us on, I'll just plug Tabletop Titties, because that's the biggest thing. Um, at Tabletop Titties, wherever you're looking on social media or wherever you're listening to this show, if you want a D&D show that's queer and feminist, features all marginalized genders, check out Tabletop Titties. That's with double Ds. I don't know if this joke will make it into the episode. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, uh, my name is Charlene Bear, and that's my Twitter handle as well. My Twitter handle is at the mind right. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, thank you guys so much. And thank you to everyone at home for listening. And until next time, I will catch you at the next Family Game Night. Thank you.